Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Doing good? It's a good Sunday morning. Well, I am Stephen. I am the student ministries pastor here at New Song. Thank you. Shout out to all the students back there. Um, and we are here uh, to worship the Lord today. Amen? Amen. Our, our mission here at New Song, for anybody who's, who's new or we just need a, we all need a reminder, is right up there. To be transformed by the Holy Spirit, or to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And that's our heart here is to, to actually let the Holy Spirit transform us into what he has for us and to be a blessing to our community, to those around us. We got some cool things that have gone on and are going on. Uh, first up, today, uh, after, in the evening, after church in the evening at 5 p.m., we have a men's gathering at the Glendora Marketplace. So if you are a man or if you're 13 and older uh, and you'd like to come, it's a good time where we just get together. You can get some food. Um, you get something to drink. We could just hang out and chat. But it's a good time to just have fellowship with each other. So I highly encourage anybody or any, any men here to join us and any of the young, young men as well. Drag along your parents and uh, come to the men's hangout tonight at 5 at the Glendora Public Market. Um, next week, we have Soup Sunday. Soup Sunday. Who likes Soup Sunday? It's a good time. So basically, this is something we do every single month on the first weekend of the month. We have Soup Sunday, where don't go out and get lunch after church. Just stay here, and uh, we'll have soup in the back. You can bring a soup if you have like that famous recipe in your family of soup. Make it, put it in a crock pot, bring it, and we'll, um, we'll serve it up to everybody. We'll have name tags so that everyone gets to know each other's name if it's your first time and things like that, and we'll enjoy some good fellowship together. Amen? Also next week, we will be having New Song Explored, which is basically for, for anyone who wants more information about the beliefs, about our values, about our ministries, the heart behind the ministries, or would like to become a member of New Song, New Song Explored is for you. So that will be happening after service next Sunday. You do have to register online, so you just go to the website, click on Calendar, and it'll pull up the new song explored where you can register or just let one of us know today and we'll put you down for the new song explored next week after service. Um, this past week, we actually had something really exciting happening. Um, you know, we have San Dimas High School right here across the street and there's a lot of students going back to school and we've been trying to figure out ways to connect with them and ways to impact and bless their lives, to let them know there's a safe place right across the street that they can come and, and be blessed. And so this past week, we actually got a call from uh, the, the school, the ASB uh, organizers, saying like, hey, we have an event called uh, Senior Sunrise on Friday. Would you guys come and join us? So myself, Grant, and Edwin all woke up at like 4 a.m., so like way too early, felt like an unholy hour to wake up, and we went uh, across the street. What the funny part was, when we got to the, the stadium, the football stadium, there was no one there. It was 6.30, and, and we walked around, and they said, be there at 6.30, and we are like, it's dark, and there's no one here. Uh, sooner or later, people started showing up, and then the seniors came, and we were able to serve them coffee 
Um, and it's just a great place to be able to minister. It was a great blessing. Thank you to all of you who are praying for that. Thank you for, for praying that we would be able to impact the school and keep praying that God will open these doors for us to be able to bless these students right across the street. Um, last thing is uh, giving. So everything at this church is put on by, by God's blessing, by the ways that we're able to support one another. And God calls us to be generous people. So as we, uh, we go into the rest of our worship service, um, I would like to just ask you to, to, to pray about and put in your heart how the Lord is calling you to partner with those around you, to be generous. And if you feel so led to, to help support some of the amazing ministries that we do here, um, there's envelopes in the back. You can also give online, and uh, there's a box in the back that you can put them in. Um, so let me pray for the morning, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll go into the Word. Dear Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we all have to, to be here to worship you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, fill this place with your presence. I pray that whatever we're going through through this week, as we come into this place, that we would be able to lay it all at your feet, that we would be able to see the ways that you have been in our stories and the deep love that you have for us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Stephen. Have you gotten to know Stephen yet? Yay! He's kind of awesome. You like his shirt, shirts and approval. Uh, we are just so, uh, just side note, we are just so thankful to have Stephen on board and his fiance, Jessica, also with us because she is, you know, 100% a partner uh, with him in life. You know, in a few months, they're going to make that commitment. And uh, yeah. And, um, and we're just so excited. The more we get to know Stephen, the more we're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is what the kids needed. This is what, you know, we needed just together. And so we're so thankful for him. So if you haven't gotten to know him, I encourage you to do that. Very cool guy. Um, well, welcome this morning. My name is Melody, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I am happy to be with you on this fresh, breezy morning. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, my phone is like, when my phone sends me alerts, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to look. But uh, I hope you stay cool this week, drink lots of water, electrolytes are an issue for me. So who jumps out of bed with like a leg cramp? Ah, that's totally me. Chris is like, what's happening? And I've like hopped out of bed like a bunny rabbit. Anyway, um, well, uh, we're happy that you're here this morning, and we are in a series called Summer of Love, and uh, this series is based on um, the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, For the Bible Tells Me So, and so... You know, we've looked at the Old Testament tells me so, the New Testament tells me so, the, the actual song tells me so. Um, we've looked at all sorts of things. Last week we did for the arts tell me so. And so if you, if you were here at small group, I heard there was some fantastic discussion about um, a couple of uh, paintings that uh, Grant printed out and kind of put one side 
just kind of like opposite kind of things. And so if you are interested in discussing what you hear here on a Sunday, or maybe you are interested also in, you know, getting to know other faces, Wednesday night small groups is also the place to be. So I thought I'd just throw that in there while, while I'm up here. Um, and that is 6.30 to 8, and we try to start on time, and we try to end on time. So uh, you should come. So anyway, so this morning, uh, the, the, t- the topic is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my story tells me so. And so um, I, I was really kind of wrestling about what to share this morning, and I changed it about 15 times because, you know, I, I'm, I like to tell a good story. I like to tell a good story, and um, I like to, you know, my favorite, favorite story, my favorite um, class in college was storytelling. And so, um, so I changed the intro to this about 15 times, and you're going to be surprised when you actually hear it. But I believe, I believe that God led me to these words this morning. Will you trust that? Yes. It's going to be a little weird, just a little. A little weird and maybe a little uncomfortable, but again, I, I feel like this is the way God was telling me to go. So do you trust me? Okay. Some people who just walked in are like, we're not sure. Let's see. Well, um, this morning, I wanted to share with you that lately, lately, I have been thinking a lot about what my memorial service would be when I depart from this world. So I've been thinking a lot about my death. That's okay, right? Now again, please know that I don't want to scare anyone this morning. I don't want to hurt anyone this morning. But this is what has been on my heart. I've been thinking about um, a lot about the day that I'm not here and not about how that happens or when that happens or where that happens, nothing like that. But I, I hope to be around till I'm 100 years old. And I hope that I go viral on whatever the social media is because I'm blowing out all the candles and like my teeth pop out or something, you know? So I hope I live to be 100 years old and we can all celebrate then. But um, so yeah, I haven't been thinking about the time, the date, the place, anything like that. But I've been thinking a lot about what my memorial service would be like. And maybe because I've been, the last few years, I've been around a lot of memorial services. I've been around a lot of memorial services, and I get to hear my favorite part is the stories. My favorite part is the stories, because often they're just heartwarming, or they wreck you, or, you know, whatever, or they're super funny. Um, So my favorite part is the stories, and I've been thinking about what my family, what my friends might say about me. And, you know, just last week, uh, we go to Sandy Miss Retirement Center right near um, Target, if you don't know where that is. Yeah, and we take a, a little church service to them every Wednesday at 10.30. There's communion, there's a little sermon, there's songs. Um, but this last Wednesday when we went was the first Wednesday since our dear friend Ruth, who used to sit right up here, passed away. She had, she had passed away the week before, just after we, we concluded our service over there. Grant got the news, and, and, you know, she was in the hospital. She was looking good. She was looking great. She was, but she had an infection, and that's what gave way to 
her passing. And so um, this Wednesday we were there and I felt compelled to say a few words about Ruth. And I shared how Ruth, if you knew her, she was always dressed so sharp. So sharp and everything coordinated. And she had, oops, sorry, that was my George. George is like, if you start making noise on that microphone, I'm going to signal you. And anyway, um, so she was always dressed to the nines. And she had the perfect earrings to go with the perfect necklace, to go with the perfect bracelet. So she was just so sharp, always dressed to impress. And I told her, I'm like, Ruth, I am going to raid your closet because I want your scarves, I want your necklaces. I want... And not because, you know, I foresaw her passing away, just because I wanted them from her to give to me. And so we didn't get there, unfortunately. But, um, but I shared a few words and... You know, I, I just miss her, and um, it was our first gathering without her, so I said a few things. At my mom's funeral that I can't believe in December, it'll be three years since my mom passed away, but at my mom's funeral, I shared a story that when I was a young adult, when I was a young adult, um, and when I was not making the best choices in life, my mom would take me out for tea. Now, before you're like, what? That, that's, all, that's how you got punished? You got punished with tea? No, 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 no. I had all sorts of punishments. We grew up with spankings. I grew up catching the belt as they were chasing me with it. So there was all sorts of things. There was stuff thrown at everybody. Anyway, but when I got older, right? When I got older and parents are realizing, okay, this is an adult I'm dealing with, um, my mom would basically sit me down for tea, and one day we even went to high tea at the Ritz-Carlton in Pasadena, right? I made like a big mistake that day. Um, but she would sit me down for tea, and she would tell me that I needed to change what I was doing, or my life was going nowhere fast and I was going to end up making a choice I regretted. I was going to end up, you know, somehow making a choice that wasn't the best option. And, um, you know, I, sh I shared this story at, our t at my mom's memorial, and I shared how punishment tea, as I like to call it, and I would text my sister, right? Like, I'm going to punishment tea, <laughs> say a prayer. Um, I, I would, it was, it was actually some of the most special memories I remember with my mom when I was having punishment tea with her, you know, over our little sandwiches and our little desserts, because it was really the time where she got to share with me a little bit about her stories and maybe her choices and, you know, just kind of tried to guide me in her special way. So I've been thinking about what people would say about me. So I thought, you know, if my family got up there, it's so funny, when I said I was sharing this, my kids were like, oh, can I share this story? Can I share this story? And I was like, no, 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 no. That's like, save it for my actual memorial service. I'll just share a couple things that, you know, I'll be okay with sharing. But um, I think my family might share about the things I love. And you might know them in here too, right? I love me a good day at Hobby Lobby. I love a good day of thrifting. And I love an afternoon at Barnes & Noble. If it's my day off, look in those three places, and that's probably where I'll be. 
So, you know, they might say that. They might also say that, you know what? She decorated way too early for every season and it was so annoying, but we kind of liked it. Who has their uh, fall bins ready to go? Yeah? September 1st, that's when it's happening. Just turn the AC really down. So they might say, you know what? It was really annoying, but man, she knew how to decorate. They might tell you too that my friends might stand up here. My friends might stand up here and tell you, you know what? Melody had a love for coffee that was unmatched. She had these charts in her house. These are actual charts that are in my house. So the first one is like the flavors and the intensity of the coffee. The next chart is the, the caffeine content. And the last chart is the ratios. So I'm very serious about this, okay? So if you want your coffee, it's going to be done right at my house. So they might tell you these things about me at my memorial service. Maybe even some of you would stand up here and say, you know what? She never went over 25 minutes. She never went over 25 minutes when she preached. Not like that guy over there. <laughs> I had to. We're always going over. You know why? Because we have so much joy in what we say. <laughs> so anyway, but, you know, maybe one of you can just, you know, throw that in there. Um, but I would hope, I would hope that, you know, more than a few people would share about my relationship with Jesus and would share about my faith and would share about, hey, you know what? Sometimes this ministry would drive her crazy, but she was there every time or, you know, whatever it is. And I'd love to know what people would say because I bet it would be heartwarming and touch my heart. And But then I got thinking a little bit more about my memorial service and I thought, well, what if someone decided to get up there and share about the not-so-great things about me? Someone was supposed to say that. Those don't exist. Come on. Come on. Uh, what things? There you go. So I thought, you know, what if someone or people were to share some not-so-great memories or not-so-like warm and fuzzies? What if someone were to stand up here and say, you know what? I knew Melody when she was making some really bad choices. You know what? I was with Melody the night that, you know, she had a couple too many Long Island iced teas. And you know what? She decided that she was okay enough to drive home. And she did. That was a really poor choice, though, would you say? You know, what if every boy I ever kissed showed up to my memorial service? Don't say we'd have a room full, okay? That would offend me. But what if these boys showed up, these men, right? What if they all, and they're all 99 too, right? Because I died at 99. And so um, what if they showed up and they shared their stories and their relationship with me and what that was about? What if someone stood up here and shared with you, you know what, I knew Melody when she was so far from God she was so far from God, but you know what? She was at church every Sunday. She was at church every Sunday. She was volunteering for the youth group. She was teaching Sunday school to the little kids, but she was so far from God that she couldn't even close her eyes when she prayed. She couldn't close her eyes because she felt like, why? I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm actually talking to him, if I, 
what he's doing right now. I don't, I don't know if he's mad at me. I don't know. What if someone shared that story? What about you? What would people say about you, you and your story? You probably also have a lot of people that would stand up here and share all the warm and fuzzies about you, right? They would share that and they would say, you know what, he was generous. You know what, she was, she was amazing at, at her job. She touched so many people. You know what, this person did that. And so they just shared all these wonderful things. But what about the other stuff, the more difficult things? Would you want that part of your life to be in your memorial? We all have stories, right? I just gave you a couple of my deep, dark ones. I shouldn't have driven home that night, and I did. I felt so far from God, I couldn't close my eyes. So does that count? And some of us in here, especially if you are younger, maybe you're 9, 10, 11, 12, you've lived X amount of years, you are just starting life, but I am positive that even you have some stories. Maybe about a time you had a bad attitude about something, or a time that, you know what, you have already been able to make a couple choices, and you made a bad choice. So what about those stories? Is that... Is God in our story in, in, in that part of it? Is God in our story when we're, you know, when everything's good? So where is God in our stories? One person in the Bible who had quite a life story is a man named Paul. And if you don't know who Paul is, Paul is a man in the Bible who, you know, played a very big part in spreading the news of Jesus across the Roman Empire. He was an amazing man of faith, an amazing man of action. So many stories involve Paul in the New Testament, but like us, he has a lot of terrible stories. He has some not so warm and fuzzy parts about his life before he came to meet Jesus. When we first meet Paul, his name was actually Saul, and he was someone who made it his mission to destroy everything he could about Jesus and everything that they believed about him. So here's, here's the verse when we see Paul, Saul at this moment. It says in Acts 8, Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And this verse comes right after he gave the thumbs up for people to stone a guy named Stephen. This is, this is Saul. So a definitely not warm and fuzzy story. Where, where is God in that? Is God in that story? Well, a little while later, God makes himself known to Paul, and he transforms, right? Because that's the first part of this statement here. You can do all you want, right? I was teaching Sunday school. I was uh, volunteering in the youth group, but my heart was hard. So the first place is the transformation part. So God met Saul and transformed his heart. 
He transformed his heart and named him Paul and used him for amazing things in spreading the good news. The next thing we see about him is this in Acts 9. This man, this is God talking, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. This is God talking. This man is my chosen instrument. So, I mean, God was in, that's, that's an incredible story. And a story that's retold time and time again. But what does God do with the other part of his story? Where he was dragging off men and women and putting them in prison. Well, God uses all of it. God uses all of it. And, and this is hard to understand because, because really, God, the guy who was stoning people or giving the thumbs up on stoning people, the guy who was dragging people off, the guy who, well, God is in it because as, a, as human, he gave us a choice. God is in it. He gave us a choice, but, but he was able to reach Paul's heart. He was able to reach Paul's heart. And sometimes I wonder, I wonder if we're feeling a certain way or if we're feeling like, you know, super negative or super down or super, is God reaching your heart? Is God reaching my heart? Again, I was there every Sunday. I was singing the songs like this, you know. But man, I had a box up against, I had a wall around my heart. Let's go back to Paul. Now, <clears throat> God uses this. And he tells Paul, Paul, I don't want you. Now, I'm, I'm making this up, I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming that God said, I'm going to use all of this. So let's use your story to reach everyone. So in Timothy, we, say, we hear this letter coming from Tim, uh, to Paul to Timothy. It said, this is Paul talking. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now, Paul says it here. He says, I am just the worst. So, if, if Jesus says, if God said to, to Paul, this man is my chosen instrument and can use someone like Paul, what about us? Can he use our story, the part where we're broken, the part where we're angry, the part where there's sin, the part where any of it, can God use it? And I don't know about you, but sometimes with the things in my life, with the things that have happened, with the struggles, sometimes I think we might feel like we are just the worst sometimes. Sometimes. And here's the thing about feeling bad. You can, again, you can go on and on about your day and it's kind of easy just to like shove it and think like, okay, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to deal with it because it's just the way life is now. And we might just want to box it up like we've boxed up our heart. 
and just, you know, we'll leave that part of our story over there. No one really knows about that anyway. No one really, you know, I'm just going to leave it over there. Let's go on and let's get coffee at Melody's in-house coffee. Let's go thrifting and let's end up at Barnes & Noble. That's not a bad day. But let's go on and I'm just going to leave that part of my story, my struggle, my whatever it is, I'm going to leave that over there. What do we do? Well, today's message is Jesus loves me, this I know, for my story tells me so. Is it only the warm and fuzzy stories tell me so? Well, let's see. I'm going to share with you another thing that Grant and I do at, uh, traditionally we do these at funerals. We read Psalm 23. And I'd like you to read it with me this morning. Ready? Begin. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, for a memorial service, what we like to do is it might sound something like this. We like to make it personal to the person who has passed on. So just listen to this a little bit. I'm going to use Ruth because we were just talking about her. The Lord is Ruth's shepherd. Ruth lacks nothing. He makes Ruth lie down in green pastures. He leads Ruth besides quiet waters. He refreshes Ruth's soul. And this particular passage, when you make it so personal like that, it's so just life-giving to family and friends and people in the audience because they can imagine their loved one. They can imagine their loved one by still waters. They can imagine them lying down in, in green pastures and Our sister Ruth, I I imagine that perhaps she's experiencing peace and perfection and all of these things. But my friends, I have some news for you today if you don't already know this. I have something to tell you that this psalm right here is personal to each and every one of us right now, today. Right here and now. This psalm here is is God's alive and active word and speaks to you, is about you, is for you. So what I'd like to do right now, it's going to be messy, but I don't care. What I'd like to do right now is I want to read this for everyone in this room. I don't want to wait till, till the memorial service for you or me comes around. I want, to, I want you to know this now. So I'm going to put Psalm 23 back up there. But where you see a blank space, I want you to insert your name. So there's going to be all sorts of 
Madness with the names, let's do it. Follow my lead. The Lord is Melody's shepherd. Melody lacks nothing. He makes Melody lie down in green pastures. He leads Melody besides quiet waters. He refreshes Melody's soul. He guides Melody along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though Melody walks through the darkest valley, Melody will fear no evil, for you are with Melody. Your rod and your staff, they comfort Melody. You prepare a table before Melody in the presence of Melody's enemies. You anoint Melody's head with oil. Melody's cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow Melody all the days of Melody's life. And Melody will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. This is for you now. This is for you now. We don't need to wait. We don't need to wait because you know what? What does it mean that we inserted our names here? It means that we have these promises. These are not just random sentences in a Bible that sounded nice. These are God's promises to you, to me, to Ruth, to everyone who has come before, to everyone who's coming afterwards. These are our promises. And this is a promise that God is in our story now. God is in the good, the bad, the ugly, the terrible, the broken, the whatever you want to call it. He's in all the good things. He is in all of it. God is in the whole story. In verse 5, it says, you prepare a table before me and my enemies. You know what? When my mom, we were able to keep her home. It was December of 2020. We were able to keep her home and care for her before she passed away. And one day where I'm helping her to the restroom because it's 24-hour care, that's what we did. Basically, everything stopped from one moment to the next. She died within a matter of 10 days. And uh, I'm, I'm helping her, and I'm helping her sit down, and I sit her back down, and I sit her, and she said, no, 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 no. She got up from the toilet, and then, you know, pants on, everything's good, we're ready to go. She said, no, let, let me sit down. I said, okay, so she had her pants on, everything's normal. And she, she was doing this. And I said, Mom, I'm right here, what are you grabbing? And she said, I, I just need that. And I said, Mom, this, I'm right here, you're, just, you're grabbing air, what do you need, Mom, what is it? I just need that, I need, I need the food. I need the food. And I wonder if in that moment, she was between two worlds. I wonder if in that moment she was reaching out for the feast that God has prepared for her. I wonder what she saw in that moment. But you know what? God says this to me and you right now. I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Guess what? I don't think I have any enemies, but you know what? Sometimes I have financial problems. You know what? Sometimes I have relationship problems. You know what? Sometimes there's loneliness, there's sorrow. Those things are enemies. Would you say yes? yes? Those things are enemies. And God says, guess what? I prepare a table for you to come and sit 
with me because I know those things are all around you. But come and sit with me. Slow down. Talk to me. Open up that little box around your heart. Let me see what I can do with it. Let me transform. It's all over all of these verses. God, you are with me. My cup overflows with your goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Nowhere in here or nowhere in the Bible does it say, God is only in your story if you make the right choices. God is only in your story if you don't struggle with sin. God is only in your story if, 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 no. It says that nowhere. Each of us has a story that is being shaped. And like Paul, our stories, our stories need to be shared so that others can truly understand God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, and God's ability to transform. God's ability to transform. I think the more honest we are about our stories, that's what speaks to other people around you. That's what speaks to other people around you. Maybe, maybe you know, you, you think you don't know how to pray to, you know, you feel like, oh, I think this prayer should be more fancy. Or no. No. God doesn't say, I'm only in your story if you, if you speak like this, if you take communion every time. God says, I am in your story. Let me transform you. Let me shape you. You know what my least favorite slogan is? Some of you might know this if you were here for the Hobby Lobby sermon. There's a sermon called the Hobby Lobby Way. You can look it up. My least favorite slogan is live, laugh, love. And I'm sorry if you have this in your house or you have a t-shirt or something. This is my least favorite slogan because I feel like it's not totally doable. Okay, sure, I'm alive. First one, check. Second one, laugh. Well, some things aren't funny, right? I mean, this is funny, but some things aren't funny. And love? Well, I don't feel like loving all the time. You can ask my husband. I was kind of crappy to him yesterday. Sorry. I love you. Some people in here are like, gross me out. Um, but it's not always fun. You can ask him, was Melody very lovable yesterday? He'll say, not really. Not really. But I think that this is so hard to live up to. And, you know, maybe someone here is thinking like, me too, Melody. Let's, let's high five on Monday morning. I'll meet you at Hobby Lobby. Let's just rip all those signs off the Hobby Lobby wall, right? Because it's just not doable. But you know what I think what is doable is that we can say, hey, you know what? Live, laugh, love. I struggle with that. I struggle with, with joy in my life. I struggle with being loving or I struggle with whatever it is. I think that you can say those things and that is what I want to see on my wall. That is when I, what I want to see on my wall. Like, you know, today... 100%, okay, no, tomorrow's 26. I'd rather we be honest about what we're feeling, what we're going through. I've said here before that I believe this, this church community is not so concerned about appearances. We're not so concerned about keeping up with trends. 
Okay, if not, I'd be wearing a big floppy hat and like boots right now, I don't care. But like, nothing wrong with that, by the way, if you have a floppy hat. Sorry, I'm offending people on multiple levels today. It's all right. But we don't care about appearances or keeping up with trends. What we care about is relationship. What we care about is your heart. What we care about is what's going on in your life. We care about being, being real and not just pretending to be our best selves all the time. That is not real. That is super not real. You know, a few days, uh, I got to see Ruth just a few days before she died. I went to the hospital and I walked in her room and I was not sure if uh, she was going to be aware or awake enough. Uh, for a long time, she was sedated quite heavily and Grant went several times to see her as well. And Anyway, to my surprise, she was aware and she was awake enough to know who I was. She tried to say my name. So we just held hands, and I sang some songs, and I prayed for her. And, and while I sat there, I'm looking right at her. I'm sitting on the bed. We're holding hands, and I'm looking right at her. I'm talking to her. And uh, when I look right at her, I'm like, oh, Ruth, you would just be so mad right now to know that you only have one earring on. <laughs> you would be so upset. And so I just kind of, you know, without making it obvious, because I didn't want to upset her, I just kind of looked around to see if I could see the earring, but no. So I was thinking, you know, I'm so glad we got to know her. I'm so glad we got to know her in this last portion of her life. And on the day she died, I told Grant, you know, I think Ruth died knowing that she was loved by our community here. I think she died knowing that she was loved by God. God is at work in our stories. God is at work in our stories, in all of it. In all of it. Just yesterday, I was in a rush, right, Stephen? I was trying to leave. I had some stuff to do at my house, and I was, I was trying to leave, and pantry was like, pantry exploded yesterday, by the way. There's 55 cars, such a huge team of people, but I was in a rush to leave. And Stephen said, hey, someone wants to talk to you. Can you? And I was like, oh, is it like really important? Because my car is right there and I just have to go. And he said, yeah, it's important. So I was like, man, Stephen, I can't get mad at him yet. He's new, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of like, okay, let's talk. I am so thankful that Stephen stopped me yesterday because this conversation needed to take place with this other person. We prayed, we texted later in the day. I'm so glad that I was stopped to listen to someone else's story. This morning, I met a new gal right here, and first thing she says to me is, do you have a minute I can share with you my story? And I was like, of course I do. <laughs> because that's what I, you know, feel is kind of the theme of these last few, you know, and Grant and I were talking in our teaching team like, man, we got to slow down. We got to slow down and just appreciate 
the stories that are happening all around us, the stories that are happening in our lives right now, the stories that are happening. We're gonna go to communion. So if my helpers would go and come here. Look at this table here today. Maybe it's not the table my mom saw in her last few moments, but it's the table that we get to look at today. And this represents the promise, the covenant, the contract that the Lord made with us. He says, I am with you always. I prepare a table for you. And, you know, I think about Again, my passing from this earth, and I am in no rush to leave anytime soon, but I, can't, I almost can't wait to get to that table. What is that table going to be like? But in the meantime, I come to this table, and I come to it with friends, with family, and saying, you know what? It's not always fuzzy and warm and peaches and cream and everything's wonderful, But you can say that here. You can say that and we will partner with you. Will you hold your communion and today we're all gonna partner together as we take this and we remember the promise that the Lord is with us always. Let's go ahead. we should take our communion the way we take it at San Dimas Retirement Center this morning. Because that's also a story that God is in. We didn't know that one random day, Fred right here would call the office and say, hey, could I get a ride to church? Right? And that has led to this weekly service. And that has led to connections in the community, my, uh, I, I forget how the story goes, but I was sitting in my hairdresser's seat and she said, hey, I have a client whose mother lives at San Dimas Retirement Center and she's part of your services, the Wednesday services that you do there. And so I was like, man, that's incredible. Stories that are intertwined, stories that are just only God can do those kinds of things. And only God is the person who brought you here today. Maybe you're here because this is where you come. Maybe you're checking us out. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what your story might be with that. I know, I know a lot of them, but you know. But man, I am so glad that we get to do this around a table together today. So would you hold your bread up like this as they do at the retirement center? And as we take this bread, we remember the promise that the Lord is in our stories and with us always. Let's take the bread. And this one, hold it up like this. And I love it. I love it when I see them holding it up because I feel like we're doing like a New Year's Eve toast. 
such a celebration when we go. Sometimes we're going and we're rushed and, you know, it's like, Linda, where's Linda? Does anyone have Linda? Nancy, you know? And so it's just, you know, kind of like the hurry of the day gets up to you. But when we're there and it's this moment when people are quiet and holding it up like this and just reflecting on the fact that this is a promise that God is in our story. Let's take the cup. I'm going to give you a little bit of a challenge. As you leave today, Maybe you're here with friends, you're here with family, you're here with, I don't know, maybe you're here just on your own. Whatever the case may be, I encourage you just to tell someone a little bit of your story. Now, what does that mean? You can literally turn around and say, my name's Melody, that's my story. Just take a little step. You know, we used to do this thing where we had each other face each other and we would greet each other and whatnot, and we don't do that anymore because we want you to do it on your own. So maybe stop, share a little bit of your story with someone. And by a little bit, I mean it can be your name. If you're searching for something to say, share a story. Do you have an embarrassing one? Do you have a really funny one? Do you have a ridiculous one? So I'm going to do my daughter a favor here. Abby, she came up to me during communion. And she said, Mom, tell the chocolate milk story. Here's the story, okay? So if you can come up with a better one than this, please come up to me and share it with me. I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm very pregnant with my son, Joshua. And uh, we're pushing the cart. Kaylee's in the cart. We're at Bonds, the Bonds that's across the street to this day from my house. We're pushing the cart. And uh, now I've never enjoyed milk in my life. Like you will maybe a little bit of milk in a bowl of cereal, whatever. But I don't drink glasses of milk. I just, I just don't. So we're, we're shopping in the aisle. And uh, we turn to get some creamer from my husband. And I see the chocolate milk. And I say, man, that chocolate milk looks good. And so Crystal's like, oh, that's really funny. He turns around to get his creamer. He turns back around to see me chugging a jug <laughs> of chocolate milk. That's not the worst part. The worst part is when he turns around and sees me, I see his face and I went, and I spit all the chocolate milk on the glass door. So I pick up my daughter. I was like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> I left the, the open chocolate milk, so I stole a chug of chocolate milk. I left everything in the car. Chris was like frozen. So that is probably one of my most epic, embarrassing stories. So please, if you have something better, I would love to hear it. I'm sure the person in front of you would love to hear it. I'm sure my daughter, Abby, would love to hear something like that. But you know what? Let's, let's stand together, if you're able right now, and let's sing of our story. Amen? Amen.